tonight. Our life-shaped prayer and discipleship. Uh, we are in module number two, New Creation Realities. And specifically, block number 10 tonight is on angels on assignment. Tonight, we're going to be talking about angels. We're going to uh, find out a little bit about angels tonight. And, and uh, uh, I'm going to tell you a lot about angels. In fact, okay, uh, hundreds of times, angels and the messengers, heavenly messengers are mentioned throughout the Bible, hundreds and hundreds of times. Okay, They are a very vital part of what God is doing in the earth and the plan of God and also a vital part of what God is doing in your life. Life and through your life. Angels on assignment. Our key scripture tonight comes from Psalms 34, verse 7. The psalmist wrote this, the angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him and delivers them. I like that. The angel of the Lord encamps around and about all those who fear God. And that angel of the Lord is around you. He delivers you. Isn't that great? I like that. Uh, uh, you know, just continue to fear and respect the Lord and you'll find yourself, uh, you know, not only delivered time and time again in times you don't know it, but when you close your eyes for the last time, angels will escort you from this earth into the loving arms of a waiting Savior. Angels are a spiritual species, if you'll allow me to say that, okay? I, I, I wrestle with how to say this, but I'm just going to uh, tell you the best I can. You interpret, all right? You do, give, give me the benefit of the doubt that this is having also to be interpreted in several languages, so I'm trying to choose words that, that other languages can interpret into and meanings that convert from one culture to another. Uh, uh, and so the species was the best thing I could come up with, all right? Angels are a spiritual species of beings. They're a different kind of beings. They're not humans that died and became angels, okay? They're not little babies that died and became angels, okay? That's not how angels uh, get to be angels. Angels are a specifically created species, being a specific creation of God, and they're created with a purpose. Now, angels were created by God as spiritual beings, and, and uh, uh, they all have differing ranks. There are differing ranks, differing orders, okay? Uh, some are chiefs and some are Indians. That's the way it works, okay? And uh, uh, some are, are warriors and some are, are messengers. They have different ranks, different orders, different duties, different abilities, and even different appearances, okay? Angels, comes in, uh, angels come in all uh, shapes and sizes, types and forms, all right? Uh, and we get this from the Word of God. Daniel chapter 10 and chapter 12, they speak of Michael as a prince, as a chief prince of Israel. Well, if there's a chief prince of Israel, then there are some other princes of Israel, and then there are some, you know, also some messengers of Israel. We see this throughout the Word of God. Near 100 times in the Bible, a type of angel is specifically referred to. I'm talking about cherubim, the cherubs and cherubim, a specific type of angel. These angels hover over, these angels cover, these angels specifically, the Bible tells us in 1 Kings 8 and Ezekiel 10 and Hebrews 9. The, 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 these angels we see through the Bible have two wings. Isn't that great? I'm glad there are some angels that have two wings as opposed to some of the other angels who happen to have more wings. Uh, um, from Ezekiel 28, we learn that Lucifer was created as the anointed cherub, a certain class of angel, if you will, a certain type of angel that was designed by God, and many of these have rank and order. Uh, 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 Lucifer, for example, was given a 
authority by God to rule over much of creation, as we understand from Ezekiel. Isaiah, the sixth chapter, speaks of a different kind of angel. Instead of a cherubim, speaks of a seraphim. What's the difference in a cherubim and a seraphim? Well, the cherubim, the Bible talks about and refers to as two wings. The seraphim has six. Oh, my goodness. What would you do with six wings? I'm not sure, but with two, they covered their eyes. And two, they, you know, and, 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 uh, you know God can do anything he wants to, okay? And uh, they, they are messengers. In, in the case of Isaiah, they were messengers of God. And, uh, uh, you know, angels also have names okay they're not just a nameless faceless drones okay they have names and they are sent on assignments we can read that in Luke the first chapter the angel identified himself as 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 a, a, a Gabriel who had come from the Lord to Mary with a message with a specific message and you know there are angels who appear to us to, to look like humans they they just appear to be mere humans walking among us and yet we are unaware that they are sent from heaven with a purpose and and uh, you know angels also bring messages from heaven and appear to people in dreams. Such was the case with Joseph, the one whom God wanted to marry Mary. In Matthew 1.20, an angel appeared to him in a dream and gave him a message from God. Revelation 12 speaks to us of warring angels, angels whose purpose in that moment is to fight with other angels of darkness, to war in the heavenlies. Okay, uh, we, 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 we imagine angels at times perhaps to be sitting on clouds learning how to play a harp but these are not those angels of Revelation 12 Daniel was was even informed concerning a fallen demonic angel prince who had power over the air and was given a territory. He was called the prince of the power over Persia. There was also a prince of the power of the air over Greece. And an angel, uh, as Daniel was informed, had authority and, and even was withholding and fighting and wrestling against heaven's messages and heaven's messengers, making it to Daniel in time. No doubt these were rulers of darkness that we later read about. And in Matthew, the first chapter, excuse me, Mark, the first chapter in verse 13, that uh, shows angels even ministering to Jesus, strengthening him in the Judean desert and comforting him and, and perhaps even bringing him food. We don't know, but we know the angels ministered to him, strengthening and comforting and confirming him after his 40 days of fasting and after he had defeated the devil. Jesus also said in Matthew 26 and verse 53 that he could presently, he said, don't you know that right now I could call more than 12 legions of angels? They are waiting. They're at my disposal. I could call them and they would defend me and they would deliver me immediately. Don't you know? Now a legion, you know, has a little more than 6,000 people. In fact, a Roman legion of that time had 6,100 footmen and 726 horsemen. Isn't that neat? So that was you know, more, you know, more than 75,000 angels were just waiting on assignment for the voice of our Lord to say, come, and they would have come immediately and delivered him. Wow. You know, uh, Elisha saw those, no, no doubt, some of those same willing warriors at Dothan. You can read about it in 2 Kings 6 and verse 17, standing all around him whenever he said, more there be with us than be with them. And God opened the eyes of of his servant and he saw angels and chariots of fire surrounding their enemies angels which also had power to blind the enemy wow you know the devil knows 
He knows that God has given his angels charge over his children. In fact, the devil repeated that verse in Luke, the fourth chapter in verse 10, in trying to convince Jesus to throw himself off the pinnacle of the temple. He said, you know, you know the scripture. You know what God has done. God has given his angels charge over you as his son so that even if you tripped over a stone, they would pick you up. Wow, isn't that great? Even the the devil understood that angels are ready and sent on assignment. Angels also have feelings. They have care. They, they experience joy. The Bible tells us that there is more joy and rejoicing over one soul, over one sinner that repents and comes to Christ more than over the 99 that need no repentance. And he said there are, the, the, the angels in heaven rejoice when a sinner gets born again. They care about souls. Luke, the 16th chapter, verse 22, tells us that they escort the souls of dying saints into the bosom of God. Isn't that neat? That's the way Lazarus was carried. He was carried by angels into the bosom of Abraham, into what we understand is heaven, awaiting there uh, uh, a, a, a time of blessing and a great reward from heaven. Uh, uh, according to Luke, the 20th chapter, verse 36, angels never die. Isn't that great? Uh, I know I'm giving you a lot about angels because i got to get to the punchline here, okay? But do you realize the Bible has so much to say about angels? Uh, angels never die. However, those angels who followed Satan in the rebellion he led against God... The Bible says those angels will one day be cast into the lake of fire, an eternal lake which will burn forever. And this fire, lake of fire, was created for the devil and his angels, specifically created to contain and to hold renegade rebellious angels. These rebel angels, by the way, they attempt many times to appear to us as angels of light. That's what the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 1.14. These angels, even Satan himself and even his ministers, attempt to appear as angels of light, masquerading, uh, hoping that people will believe their word as they tell their side of the story and, and believe it as the real truth. It, but it's really just darkness and deceit. But they appear as angels of light. 1 John, the fourth chapter, tells us and admonishes us, for this reason we are not to believe every spirit that appears to us, but we are to test them and try them and not just believe every messenger that says they're from heaven or every message that someone says is from heaven, but we're supposed to test it and try it with the word of God. And when you uh, have the standard of God's word, by that word you will never be led astray. You'll never be deceived by sticking to the word of God. Paul even said... That if an angel comes to you and tells you something different than the gospel of Jesus Christ, you let that angel, or any man for that example, be cursed. Don't go believing an angel that shows up just because he's an angel and appears and and appears to you in a dream or, or comes and gives you a message. No matter what he says, if he's not testifying to the word of Almighty God, then you just decide that is an angel of darkness. That's the demonic uh, spiritual force. That's not God. And let that angel, Paul said, be cursed. 
Galatians 1.8 is where it says that. Angels, by the way, are everywhere. God's angels, there, there are more angels you can shake a stick at, according to the Bible, okay? I mean, there's a lot of angels. I wouldn't want to shake a stick at any of them. But every day, angels are used by God. They listen, the Bible says, for his commands. They listen for his word. And they are dispatched, Psalms 103.20 says, by the voice of his word. By the voice of his word. When they hear his word, when someone gives voice to his word, it's like a dispatch. It's orders to an angel, okay? Um, angels are among, uh, also among those that are listening to us. Angels listen to prayers. Angels listen to confession. You know, Daniel was told in Daniel uh, chapter 10 and verse 12, whenever Gabriel got to Daniel, one of the things that Gabriel said to Daniel is, listen, from the first day you began to pray, from the first day you set yourself, you know, aside to pray, we heard you. Your prayers were heard, and I have come because of your words. It took me 21 days to get here because there was a, the, the, this, this demonic force, ruler of darkness, was trying to keep me. But Michael, your prince, he came, and he's holding him off, and he's fighting with him while I'm coming and giving you a message. And as soon as I get finished telling you a message, I'm going to scoot right back to the fight, and the prince of Greece is going, and we're going to have us a good old fight. But don't worry about it. Here's what God's going to do. Isn't that amazing? I've come because of your prayers. I heard your prayers and started this way that very day. Isn't that amazing? Well, you know, when a person gets born again, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are born into the family of God, born again. Just like you were originally, naturally, biologically born into a family on planet Earth, when you get born again, you are born into the family of God and you become literally, spiritually and literally and eternally, you become a child of God. You are born into God's family. You become a child of God. That's why it's so important to be born again because that relationship you have with God as a father and child secures you for eternity in God's house, in God's abode, in God's future. And, and the spiritual children of God are actually brand new creatures. They're new creatures. They're not creatures that God created in the, in, in the beginning. They are new creations in Christ. That's what the Bible says. You, you, you read about it's one of our key scriptures. You know, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation, a brand new creature, different, okay? No, you're, you're not angel. You're not, you're, you're not even human anymore. And, and, uh, sorry. Uh, you're, you're, you're different, okay? I mean, you might, uh, you, you might pass all the human tests and don't freak out on me here or don't, don't misunderstand me, but you are a new creation, a new creature, a brand new creature. You are born again, not just spirit and not just flesh. You, you are a God-indwelt, God-born child of the living God, a brand new creature. Uh, to be born again is to become a new creation in Christ Jesus, eternally alive, eternally alive. You weren't before, now you are born of eternity, and you have a new destiny, you are predestined. Once you get born again, don't misunderstand predestination. Once you get born again, you then are predestined to be transformed into the image of God's dear Son, into the image of Jesus, which He has before.
foreordained that we should walk in that image. And when we see him, we shall be changed to be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This corruption shall take on incorruption. This mortal shall put on immortality. Death will be swallowed up in victory, and we shall be changed. It's going to be wonderful. I don't know what it feels like to be in a place where sin does not tempt you. I don't know what that feels like. Do you? One day we will. We will be changed. One day, I, I don't know what it feels like now to not, you know, uh, feel uh, bad, to feel a sickness or pain or, or, you know, age. One day we will. We are new creatures. We are predestined to be transformed, to be conformed to his image, transformed from what you now see to a different, glorious, eternal, new creation reality, okay? And that is our eternal life. Uh, 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 there are many new creation realities uh, uh, and awesome benefits available to every child of God. One such benefit we have as a child of God is angels, angels in attendance. Uh, we can depend on angels on assignment on our behalf. Upon the request of heaven or upon the request of, of earth, our prayer request many times, angels are dispatched to assist the saint according to the will of God. They will not go outside the will of God, but they will assist us according to the will of God. It is certain that angels have their work cut out for them, but so do we, okay? Uh, if you were to read the account of Cornelius in Acts the 10th chapter, you would find that the angel appeared to him. They came to him because of his prayer and because of his giving to the poor, but they did not tell him about Jesus. They just told him where he could learn about Jesus. And it's sent down for Peter, and Peter came and told him about Jesus. Angels have their work, we have our work, okay? And it's our responsibility as far as I can tell from the scriptures, including the scriptures in Acts the ninth chapter, where Ananias was the one God chose to tell the uh, Saul of Tarsus about Jesus. An angel and a voice from heaven, uh, uh, Jesus himself spoke to him, but yet it, was, it took three days for the Holy Spirit to convince Ananias to go and do your work and tell him about uh, what he should do. And uh, Saul was born again, baptized, and, and uh, became uh, the apostle Paul. Indeed, uh, uh, um, angels were also created with, uh, uh, just like we are, created with purpose, okay? To, and the purpose is to serve and glorify God. Unlike humans, however, uh, uh, you know, uh, we generally understand that angels do not reproduce. Humans reproduce, angels do not reproduce. So angels individually could not pass on life or death because they do not procreate, as we understand from what Jesus said. Uh, but as with man, angels have an individual choice to follow God or not, okay? Angels have a choice just like we have a choice. The fact is angels have already chosen, though, okay? And the separation in heaven between those who followed Lucifer and those who followed God, that is an eternal separation. Just as one day your choice to follow Jesus or not follow Jesus will create an eternal separation. Okay? At one point, an anointed, high-ranking cherub named Lucifer, he no longer felt like he wanted to be known as God's servant. He didn't want to be second in command anymore. And uh, uh, rather, Lucifer wanted to do his own thing. Okay, uh, He wanted to have his own glory. And uh, so Lucifer began to politic. I'll say that. That's the only way he could have uh, accomplished that. And when, when, it, when he, he felt as though he had enough uh, support, uh, uh, he, he rebelled. And he took with him a number of God's angels in the rebellion and, and were separated. And, uh, 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 you know, uh, they rebelled against God and, and, and 
as I said, they were separated. Uh, Jesus said his fall from heaven was like lightning. That means it was a big deal, and uh, as, as Luke, the 10th chapter says. And uh, uh, Luke 10 continues to, to uh, reveal um, our authority as a Christian, that we have authority over fallen angels. Okay? That's what Luke, the 10th chapter, tells us. You see, today, these rebel angels are often seen as angels of light, but they are really working for their own goals. And their goals is attempting to build their own kingdom. They are doing their best to build the kingdom of darkness. We see satanic worship. We see numbers of other things. These are you know, uh, uh, demons attempting to build their own kingdom, attempting to accomplish their own goals, attempting to get a following. They're doing everything they can to discredit God. You know, It's the spirit of the Antichrist, the spirit of a fallen angel that is doing its best in the earth to discredit God, make people dissatisfied with God. They're using everything they can to win people over to their side. It started, by the way, with a very, uh, in a very peaceful place in the Garden of Eden with a very secret and subtle conversation with a woman trying to get this woman, Eve, to become dissatisfied, attempting to discredit God. And when the woman went for it, these seeds of distrust, these seeds of dissatisfaction, these seeds of discontentedness were sown in her life. And Satan successfully divided her. And not only divided her, but divided everyone whom she would ever affect. Divided them from this loving God that had given so much, not only so much to the earth, but God had given also so much to Lucifer and so much to the other angels. But they fell prey to their own pride and their own dissatisfaction, and they began to build their own kingdom. Second Corinthians 10, of, uh, of, excuse me, Second Corinthians chapter 11 can tell you that. Today, by the way, angels are still at odds with one another. There are still two great forces, spiritual forces in the universe, God's angels and the devil's angels, and they push and war and fight every day. Uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's amazing. But God expects us, just like he expects Michael and Gabriel and his angels, he expects us to resist the devil. He expects us to resist every one of those angels that rebelled against him. That's just what God expects. He tells us to continue to resist all their attempts to discredit him and dis, you know, make you discontent. God knows that those demons are trying their best to influence humans. Uh, to, to follow your own pride, to break rank with God or leaders that God has set and ordained over you in the Lord. Those are demonic forces that are trying their best to get you to do what they did and separate. Uh, you know, uh, the difference is there is no hope for a fallen angel. There is yet hope for all humans who are living in rebellion, who are living in a place influenced by demons. But uh, uh, we must resist them. But there is no hope for a falling, uh, a fallen angel. Their future is sealed. One day we shall see them as they are, the Bible says. And one day, the Bible says, his children will sit in judgment over the holy angels. We will sit. Know you not that you shall judge angels. Well, uh, Psalms 103.20, let me encourage you with this before we get to our important points. Psalms 103.20 says, angels, speaking of angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, 
heeding the voice of his word, let me encourage you to realize that angels are ready to be dispatched. They are listening to the voice of God's word. They're waiting there and they will heed. They excel in strength, but they will heed, do their best to accomplish God's word. That's why it's so important that we speak the word and the will of God. Well, our important points for tonight. Let me give you our important points. They're found in, in four scriptures tonight, okay? First of all, Hebrews 1.14. Angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. This is what God has assigned them to do, to be ministers for you. You have a ministering angel that God has sent forth to minister for you because you are an heir of salvation. Matthew 18.10, point number two. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always do see the face of my Father who is in heaven. You know, uh, uh, children uh, are very precious to God. Do not mess with little children. Specifically, he's talking about little children and not just little born-again children, although that applies as well. But let me tell you what, they have an angel that's watching over them and their angel has audience with God. You don't want to be messing with kids or God's kids, okay? Number three, Hebrews 13, 2. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Okay? Sometimes you may meet or see someone, and they may appear to be a stranger to you. But be careful, be kind, be nice, be graceful, be merciful, because you may be entertaining angels, messengers from heaven, unaware. And last point, point number four. Psalms 37, excuse me, 34, verse 7, our key scripture. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Okay. Rest assured, God's angels are ready to deliver you. God bless you.